0: Well, last week's sermon, and again, if, if, if you come on a regular basis, there is a, there's benefit in that. You, you actually, it's a good thing if you come week after week. Yes, your pastor just said that. Every week, it's good, because you kind of keep going along, and when we do series, it's a good thing, and we're kind of in a mini-series right now, and last week, we talked about forgiveness, and I got to tell you, forgiveness, that one topic that we did last week, I've gotten more response in one week than I've gotten the whole time since I've been here. On because guess what? Forgiveness is at the base of our Christian faith. Can I say that? Forgiveness is at the base of our Christian faith. It's part of the gospel. You can't get around it. It's so important. But you know what? It's also so hard to do. Can we just admit that? It's hard to forgive people. All right. And if you were here last week, you saw me passing out rocks and giving rocks and Lake's up there. He's got the muscles from last week because he was holding a rock the whole time. He did a good job. But we went through some scenarios about forgiveness and what that means. And so with that, I kind of had to come up with a follow-up because, you know what, it's such a broad topic, it's hard to do in one Sunday. I want to look a little bit deeper into forgiveness, but how does that play out? How does that, after we forgive someone, we do the act, but how does that play out in our lives, and how does that work? Interestingly enough, I, I'd even left a couple of rocks up there as a reminder. And again, if you are here last week, you saw that, right? We take those sins and we put them back at the cross and we, we don't want to pick them back up again. But you know what? I had to pick those rocks up three times this week because somebody's taken those rocks and moved them on me this week to put them back down. It was just a great illustration of we do the same thing, don't we, sometimes? Sometimes we say we forgive somebody and that sin's gone and we place it at the cross and we, we walked away from that situation feeling good, but somewhere down the road or that person does that sin again, what do we do? We, we kind of pick it back up again, right? We, we grab onto it a little bit and we say, you know, I, I know I forgave them, but you know, that really upset me. I was really hurt by that. And we kind of hold on to it for a little while and then we kind of play with it. And before we know it, we've actually put that rock back in our bucket again. Again, if you weren't here last week, you missed that. But you know what? You don't want to be carrying this around. And sometimes you have to go back and put that rock back at the cross again. You almost got to go back and do it again. Not so much with the person, but with me. I'm the one that needs to do that because my heart is in the wrong place. I verbally forgave them, but in my heart, I kind of brought it back up again. And those wounds and those hurts are there again. So I'm going to give you some help with that because you know what? Again, that's not easy to do. And I struggle with it as well, so I'm imagining that you do as well. And one of the things is, you need to kind of look at what forgiveness is not Mark Driscoll, I and mean, he's not a guy that I quote a lot. He was co-founder of Mars Hills, who's no longer that church is no longer in existence. He's now a pastor in Arizona, but he did write a, a blog a long time ago, a long time ago. It wasn't that long in my my history, but it was a, a while ago. But he wrote on eight things that forgiveness is not. Now see if these resonate with you, because forgiveness is one of those things of we know we need to do it, but sometimes there's We want to put conditions on it, right? We want to change it a little bit to fit our circumstance. Or if we ask the world what forgiveness is, we get a totally different meaning. So just bear with me as we read through these and see if these resonate with you. Forgiveness is not approving or diminishing sin. It's not approving or diminishing sin. I can forgive someone, but it, it was never okay. That sin was never all right. It was a sin, right? We looked at Matthew 18. It's a sin issue that we go to that brother, and we let them know that. So it's never okay. The sin itself is not. The brother, I want the relationship restored. Restoration is always in mind. Forgiveness is not enabling. Forgiveness is not enabling. So We have to be careful with that. I think we also have to be careful that we're not the one that may, we may not have the clearest picture of that. Sometimes in family relationships, we tend to enable people to continue that. We don't want to create that stumbling block or put that temptation in front of them. So we've got to be careful of that because forgiveness is not enabled. We forgive them, but we don't want that to continue. And so we need to help them with that. Forgiveness is not denying a wrongdoing, right? Sweeping it on the rug never works. Never works. It never works. It's just going to come back. If you were hurt and, and that you haven't forgiven that person, it's going to affect you. You'll carry it. It'll fester. It'll grow into bitterness. It'll affect your Christian walk. So don't, don't bother. Don't deny it. It happened, but now we've got to deal with it. Forgiveness is not waiting for the other person. All right, we talked about that, right? Sometimes someone sins against it. They're not going to come to us. We're going to have to go to them. And it's a proactive. We need to be willing to go and confront that brother and say, you know what? You hurt me. You sinned against me. How can we work this out? Because if I just wait for them to come to me, most likely it may never happen. They may not even realize that they've sinned against me. So it's not waiting for that. We actually touched on this one last week. Forgiveness is not forgetting, right? If we get hurt, we don't forget. In fact, that's nowhere in the Bible about forgetting because we just don't forget those things. So let's just be honest with it. Forgiveness is not forgetting, it's still there, but we talked about it, it becomes just a fact, not a hurt no longer. Again, we don't, we don't go back and pick it up again. Uh, forgiveness is not ceasing to feel the pain, right? There are some sins against us that we feel a long time. It, there, there was pain. We need to, to accept that. It, it did hurt us probably more deeply than we're even willing to admit to ourselves. Um, forgiveness is not a one-time event. We need to keep them. That's what I mean. When we go back and pick up that rock, we need to get back to that point for myself. I need to forgive them. Again, I need to remind myself, nope, I forgave them for that. I gave it to Jesus. I don't need to be carrying that around any longer. And forgiveness in some situations is not neglecting justice. There are some sins that, again, grievous, They're all grievous to God, but there are some sins that go against the law, and those consequences have to be dealt with a little bit different. That doesn't mean that we absolve someone of a crime or something that's um, severe. There are consequences for that. So I thought it was an interesting article, and again, I bring that up because sometimes we have misideas about forgiveness and what to do with it. But here's one of the things that helps with forgiveness. Easy to say, hard to do. But it comes down to love. Simple word, right? Four-letter word, love, right? And there's not a Christian around who says, "Oh no, we know Jesus loves me, and I know that, right?" And we sing about that, and we pray that we know we're supposed to love each other, right? Love is is an automatic. But you know what? Love is tough to do sometimes, and so we got to look at that as well. So First Corinthians chapter 13, we're gonna look at three verses. But if you ever come to me in conflict, PJ's back there smiling because she just recently reminded me of those verses. So, um, But it happens. If you come to me for marriage counseling or you come to me uh, in premarital counseling, guess what? We're going to go through this passage because you know what? This is one of those keys to marriage, but it's really, a, in context, it's key to how we interact with each other. In context, it's between brothers and sisters in Christ. How we love is important. And again, it's the big love. It's the agape love. Same one that's in John 3.16, right? God so loved the world, it's the same love. I'll also let you know this. If you come to me in marriage counseling, I will tell you, love is not a word, it's an action. Right? I can lip service all day long. I love you, I love you, I love you. But if I'm not showing love in my actions, that word doesn't mean much at all. In fact, it could be a word that I don't even want to hear anymore. So again, importance of the word love. So verse 4, number 1 if you want to call it that. You can write some points down if you want. Love is patient. Right? If I tell you I love you, but I'm impatient with you, that's not communicating love. You're not going to feel very loved. I'm going to get frustrated probably with you. And again, that's all part of that love. Guess what? If I haven't forgiven someone, I'm going to be real impatient for them because I'm going to have a hard time loving them. You almost can't do can't be unforgiving and love someone at the same time. I, I don't think you can. I almost, I'm, I'm positive of that. So love is patient. Again, it's kind. Just being kind to someone. Again, going back to that forgiveness, because that's kind of what the, the base of this is, right? If I forgive them, but I just don't want to deal with them. Remember, that was one of our situations, right? I think it was Tony I threw out. Right? I said, Tony, I don't even want to see you. Just get out of here. Just totally avoid them. That's not being kind, right? That's not communicating love. It's not really even communicating forgiveness because, again, I'm called to love those people, forgiven and unforgiven, especially within the church confines. But just being kind to them does not envy, does not boast, It's not proud. Again, love is the basis of all this. These are the negatives. If you have these things, these are not... Producing love. They're not communicating love to that person. Love is not self-seeking, right? I don't love you to get something, right? That's that's not love. That's not that's that's manipulation, really, is what it is. We call it what it is. I'm trying to get something from you, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little bit, I'm gonna give you a little bit of love, and then you know, maybe you'll you'll give me what I want. Doesn't work. It's self-seeking. I'm doing it for my own benefit, not for the person. Totally the opposite, being selfish and not being selfless. So it's important. Level of that is not easily angered, right? It goes along with being patient, but there's even another level of that where I'm just not irritable. I mean, I, that's not communicating love. I'm irritable, or I'm just waiting to touch off. And we all know those times, right? When we're, we're irritable, we're just waiting to blow up at somebody. Just give me a reason and I'm going to unload. That's not love. That's not how love works. That's not how love is communicated to one another. Love does not... Oh, wait a minute. I almost skipped over the one that I... I actually have it highlighted, underlined, big letters. If I could make it jump out, I almost skipped over it. But love keeps no record of wrongs. The reason I have it highlighted in my Bible is because, you know what? Like I said, we don't forget, do we? But we want to pull that out. We want to make a case. It's amazing how many times we become the lawyer, right? Judge, guess what? This person has done this, this, and this. We make a case, right? We pull up every hurt, and we can go back. Amazing how many years back we can go to make our case if we need to. In like fact, I've even caught myself when I've been arguing with PJ. I pull things out that, you know, and my memory's been a little bit clouded, and I pull things out that probably weren't exactly the truth or they're not truthful, and I've added to it, and I've pulled in some things that, you know, I knew were just not even part of the situation, but I wanted to make my case. I wanted to be right, and guess what? I'm keeping a record. I'm trying to use that again against that person. Again, in the light of forgiveness, I've picked up that rock again. And I'm holding it. Now I'm taking that rock and I'm unbeaten on that person. I'm using it against them. Like I said, I've got that one that I have to keep remembering as well. Keeping it current, keeping it short. You know, keeping the offenses, dealing with them, forgiving them, keeping it in short accounts. Again, I, sorry for you folks that weren't here last week, you missed it, but we actually talked about, right? Holding on to that sin for a amount of time, what happens, right? The longer we hold on to it, the more that sin seems to get bigger, and we play it over and over in our minds, and we keep holding on to it longer, and it grows. Because we become more and more the victim, and they become more and more the villain. I think this verse kind of pulls that out. And that's not loving. Love does not delight in evil. It's so one of that was kind of, kind of weird to me, and I had to do a little bit more research on it and kind of what does that mean? What it does not delight in evil? and I almost had to kind of reverse a little bit, is if love does not delight in evil, but do you ever feel good when that person that you don't like, something happens to them? Something bad happens to them? That's not loving them, right? You're almost like wishing them to fail. And that one, that one kind of rings a little bit clearer, clearer to me, right? I don't want them to do good. They hurt me, so I kind of want to see them go and fail again. And again, that can be in a lot of realms, but that's not loving them. Not delighting in the fact that they now have gotten some consequences or they've finally gotten caught or they've done it to somebody else and something bad's happened to them. That's delighting in their evil, and again, that's, that's wrong. All right, shifts over a little bit more on the positive now. Whew. Good thing, because these first couple of them are a little tough on the negative side. But it rejoices with the truth. The truth can be a lot of things. It's God's word, obviously, but the truth is they have been forgiven. The truth is they, I need to do that. Cross for them just as much as for me. The truth is I am commanded to love them, and I need to do that. It's a lot of truth. I could go on and on, but it rejoices in truth. It's important. Love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hope. Love always perseveres. Perseveres is another one. That Patience is one thing, that's a a short term, but perseverance is that long run, over the long run, not just day after day, but month after month, year after year, long-term love. If you've been married for a long time, that that, that takes work even though you're in whatever year you're in, 10 year, 20 year, 30 year, it takes work. You have to keep persevering in that and you have to remind yourself these verses are good to do that. And I've done these verses with people that are in their 60s, 70s. You know, I've been married for a lot longer than us. And guess what? It's the same thing. We still need that reminder. We need to persevere in our love for each other. And then lastly, love never fails. That's verse 8. I, I didn't put that up there. That's not his fault. That's mine. I just he kind of dovetails in it. So that's the basis for love. But in light of forgiveness, who are we to love? Huh? Yes. Yes. Who are we to love? Yes. Interesting answer to the question. All right, a little more scripture then, because that's not computing very well with me, Bryce, and not the answer I expected, was it? Is it up on the screen or something? Yes. What it is, yes. We do need to love, but, but who does that entail? Who is the scriptures talking about here? Right? Certainly in a marriage relationship, yeah, we need love. You know, when you have really good tech people, they can do amazing things really quick. Oh, man. You know what? I know one thing. I am called to love those guys back there in the booth. That is for sure. If nobody else, I need to love them. No. Luke chapter 6, verse 27. We're going to look at it a little bit. Again, these are Jesus' words that were here this morning. And again, we're going to kind of go to the the ultimate lover here in many ways in Jesus. But he's going to give us some insight on who that is. Not just yes, but who. So if you turn with me or if it's up there already, which it probably is, verse 27. But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you, Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. You can wrap your head around that verse, those couple of verses. Um, You're better than me. That's a hard thing to do, right? There are people that are easy to love. Point Way family, you are easy to love, right? Brothers and sisters in Christ, by and large, they're easy to love. There are times we struggle with it, but by and large, easy to love. Here it's talking about enemies. That's a, Enemies could be a lot of different terms here. Right? It could be a lot of different people. It could be someone in our family that's not a believer, disowned us, that's close to home. It could be someone in another country. It could be someone that has another faith. It could be someone that maybe you wronged and they couldn't forgive you. And that's an enemy. It's a broad term. And he's not saying just tolerate them. It doesn't say to avoid them, cut them off. What does it say? It says to love them. And again, not just the word, but the action. I'm going to show you through these next couple of verses what that entails. It's a hard pill to swallow. And I know, actually, in some of the conversations we had this week, we, we struggled with that. Like, All right, I forgave them, but now what do I do with them? That's kind of what I work on this. What do I do with them? How do I I interact with them? It's awkward now. How do I work on this relationship with them? They're still here. They're still in the area, right? They didn't leave. Um, Maybe they're still in the church, and now we have to see each other every week. How do we deal with that? Basis is love. I have to pray for them. I have to bless them. That can be hard to do. Verse 29, familiar verse. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Tough verses. Tough to do. Tough enough to do when someone that we we care about and we love, and we can kind of work through a lot of things, and we can work through those processes, and we can excuse some of that. And Again, we've got to be careful that we're not allowing the sin to continue. That's not what this verse is saying, but again, it's a heart check for us. How are we going to handle that situation in our heart? I think this is a heart matter as much as it is physically. But also, it's got to play out in how our actions line up with that as well. Again, the next couple of verses go on with that. That four-letter word that we can't can't get away from, right? Verse 32, if you love those who love you, what credit is it to you? It's easy to love people that love us, by and large, right? If you're loving me and we're... We're being patient with each other. We're being kind, and we're in a good relationship. Things are going well. Not hard to love you at all. Pretty easy. Yeah, I'm not self-seeking, but just, yeah, we're on, we're on a good spot. We're in a good place in our relationship. God says, what credit is that? That's easy to do, right? Here comes a tough incentive, though. He says, even if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is to you? Even sinners do that. Ouch. Ouch a Christian believer, it's like God's saying, that's no big deal. The world can do that, but you're called to a higher standard. You're called to do something that I'm not asking from the world because they don't know me yet. They're enemies of God. They're not there yet. They're not believers. Again, it goes back to the lending. Again, he's explaining the verses that he just said. and He says, if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners and expect to be paid in full, but love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back, right? Give it to them, not expecting them to respond the same way you do. Again, if you're dealing with the outside world, guess what? They're probably not going to respond. Always, it always amazes me, and I have to remind myself that somehow in our minds, we kind of think that everyone's going to respond like Christians, right? And sometimes if, we, if our circles get too small, and I'll, I'll say this in church family, sometimes our circle gets so small that all we are interacting with is with Christians, we lose sight of this. Because if we expect the Bible to mean the same thing as it does to us, to the outside world who don't know Jesus yet, you're going to be disappointed every time. It doesn't work because it, it's not, they don't have the framework. They don't have the basis for that. In fact, even that word forgiveness, it doesn't even mean the same thing. Right? That's where we get some of these misconceptions because the world has infiltrated God's word and it doesn't mean the same thing. So We have to keep that in mind. If they're a non-believer, they're not going to respond the same way. In fact, they're probably most likely going to respond in the opposite direction. Again, I got to check my own heart. I got to be the one that's responsible for me, first and foremost. So again, how they respond. But to your enemies, do good to them, lend without expecting it back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, because He is a kind. He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. You said, sometimes when we're dealing with the outside world, I got to remember, it wasn't that long ago, I was that person. I was that person outside, and I wasn't operating with Christ in me. I wasn't operating with God's truth. And I wanted mercy all the time. I wanted God to be merciful with me, and he was. Proactive in the fact, if anything, that should help us when dealing with the outside world to be proactive in sharing the gospel. When I see someone that's hurting me and, and, and not responding correctly, I need to be proactive in Sharing that good news with them, that forgiveness of Christ. All right, I could end right there, but in case that wasn't enough for you, we'll go to another couple of verses. Matthew, flip over with me. Matthew, we're going as Lake reminded me this morning. Matthew's before Luke, but again, I don't always have to do that when I'm doing my messages. So Matthew chapter six. We actually touched on a little bit of Matthew chapter six last week, and again, I referred to last week just in keeping in mind that forgiveness. because I know we're talking a lot about love and interaction, but I think it goes hand-in-hand with forgiveness. Remember last week we talked about the Lord's Prayer, and sometimes what comes after the Lord's Prayer in the Sermon on the Mount, right? Verse 14 and 15 says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive their sins, your Father will not forgive you of your sins. And so that was that reminder, but back up a little bit more into chapter 5, actually. Did I give you the right one, chapter 5, Matthew? Okay, good. I just remember I was in 6, and then I said I got to go back to 5. But it's the last part of chapter 5, verse 43, your enemy. You've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Again, this is what the world was saying, right? Love your neighbor, but, but hate your enemies. Guess what? It's nothing new. Been around for a long time, and Jesus' word, just, this, is what, this is what the culture was saying. Hey, love your neighbor, but man, you hate those people in that far-off place, or those enemies, or whoever you identify as an enemy to you, and we have them out there. But Jesus flips it. and says, but I, verse 44, tell you, love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. This next sentence is a little difficult to understand in many ways. It says he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Right? Rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. I hear this phrase once in a while, it kind of bothers me, but people will say, oh, well, I must be in God's will because I'm being blessed. Right? Things are going well. That's not an indicator, just so you know. Just plain and simple. Sometimes People who do bad seem to be blessed. They seem to get ahead. They seem things are going right. Right? It happens. It rains on the good and, the un- and not so good. They are blessed. Now, sometimes as believers, we do get blessed, and there are blessings that come, but we don't always see those blessings. In fact, many of the blessings here that Luke talks about and Matthew are blessings that we're going to receive when we get to heaven. We're not going to get those blessings here and now. Some of our actions don't produce those right away. It's just hard in a society that's instant gratification, right? right? We want things right now. In fact, we were actually talking about an example of that just uh, yesterday. I was talking with, I think Dave and I were talking about it. If I told you, you, know, you, could have, you, could be, you could have a brand new house, right? You could have a brand new house on the lake, brand new bass boat, Right? He's talking to me. Brand new. But you got to wait 20 years for it. How excited I, would I be, right? Year one, year two. Right? i got to wait for it. It's, it's not here yet. I, 20 years? Wait a minute. I'm going to be 73. I may not even be able to get to the boat and push it out at that point. Who knows what could happen in 20 years, right? But well, that's going to be a blessing. But i got to wait for it i got to be patient for it. God in has infinite wisdom, though. Well, what do we tend to do, right? If, if I knew that that was laying out there, I'd try to figure out some way I could get it quicker. Really love on PJ. It's in our human nature, right? I would probably manipulate the finances. I probably would really love on PJ and really encourage her, like, honey, come on, honey, I really love that. I would want that bass boat. House on the lake, yeah, well, we can wait on that a little bit. But bass boat I could have now, well, I could really enjoy it, right? It's not loving, right? That love. I'm 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 loving to self-seek. And I'm on the wrong path. So some of those blessings we have to wait for. But just like again, hypothetically that boat and the house and the lake and all that, as far outreaches that blessing that we're gonna get from God. But we gotta be patient for it. We cannot expect it here and now. It's it's not gonna happen, most likely. And not to the the depth or the degree. That blessing is future. All right, a little bit more here. <sighs> Loving your enemies. But Again, as a Christian, as a believer, we're called to do that. Verse 46, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? All right, here's a key verse of this. If you want to wrap this up, and we are going to wrap this up, but if you want to pull this all together, be perfect, therefore, as your Heavenly Father is perfect. Yeah, marinate on that one this week. If you want something, you know, forgiveness has been great, love is good too, but marinate on that one a little bit this week. Work on that one a little bit, right? Being perfect, right? Some of us won't make it past lunch today. and Probably me right there with it. Why not even get to the back before that worked? out? But you know what? That is the goal. That is what we're aiming for. We are aiming to be like our Father, Jesus Christ. And so we need to be perfect. We need to continue to strive to be that. I want to encourage you, don't give up trying to be like our Father. Again, that includes forgiveness. That includes loving, yes, loving even our enemies all for Jesus' sake. Help me, please. Gracious Heavenly Father, it seems like you've put before us an insurmountable task. But Lord, I'm also reminded that you didn't just leave us alone with that task, that you've given us, as we studied in 2 Peter, everything that we need to do that. Lord, may you use that in our lives this week. May you remind us, Lord, that we don't have to do it in our own strength. But we do it in your strength. Brothers and sisters, help us to continue to do that. Help us to love not only our brothers and sisters in Christ, but love our enemies, and that we'd be quick to forgive, and that we would live in peace with one another. And Lord, we already thank you in advance for what you're doing in our lives, and Lord, what you're going to do, and those blessings that are wait, awaiting for us in glory. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.